0: Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. Good morning. Good morning. Man, it is great to see you this morning. Um, excited about a lot of things that are going on around this place. Um, God's uh, doing some, <laughs> He's always working. We know that. Um, sometimes we don't see the evidence so much immediately, we see it later on. But then sometimes we get the privilege of seeing things just as they're happening. Um, I won't go into any details. I'll let families share those details. But man, last week and in the weeks coming for the next month or two, it's going to be some more babies crying around this place. <laughs> um, we're, we're thankful for that. We're praying for those families that uh, as they uh, make those uh, journeys to the hospitals and uh, many for the first time. Uh, we've got some that are going, "Why did I do this again but uh, uh, that's all right god God's got them god's got them all in in in, in his precious uh hands this morning I' want to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians Ephesians chapter two and in Ephesians chapter two <clears throat> this morning i'm going to read ten verses. I want to talk to you on this topic, God's good plan. God's good plan. So if you would, you stand with me as we read God's Word? In Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 1, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word in Christ's name. Amen, you can be seated, man. I wonder if you have ever built anything or fashioned anything, maybe even did an art project or some craft project, and the materials you worked with failed you I have uh, I've had the privilege of constructing Many things. You and I, and this is something I think we ought to take note of as we enter in, you and I really just fashion things out of materials that exist. We don't really create things. As a tool and die maker um, and had the privilege of being in that field for quite some time, we would use a lot of different materials. One of the materials we would use was called tool steel. And you, how many of y'all watching all these knife making shows, the forged in fire and all that stuff? Well, that's kind of a, and I'm not to take nothing away from them, that's kind of a grammar school version of what tool and die makers end up doing. We would use many different forms of tool steel, and they still do today. Uh, You wouldn't have a lot of the parts you have right now if it wasn't for tool steel, because It has to be able to endure the the pressures. It has to be able to take pounding some of it. It has to be hard but strong. Some of it has to be super hard and can be brittle because it's got to be so crisp. Some stuff we would use would be called uh, like S7. It was uh, salt quitched tool steel. You, after you would bring it up to the required temperature for the length of time, you would actually quench it in salt because salt was the material that would cause it to come down from its temperature at the right rate. one oil-hardened tool steel, and obviously you would quench it in oil. One lesson you learn real quick with oil-hardened tool steel, you, until it cools to a certain point, you don't bring it back up out of the oil because it will in- ignite the oil. Then you have a new problem going on. Air-hardened tool steel, where you would just let it out. We use this one particular company most times, Linguist Tool Steels. They had Linguistic Tool Steel, and it was, uh, it was just a reputation. They, they were a very reputable company. And Why would it need to be a reputable company? Well, some of these pieces that we would work on, we would work on for weeks maybe even longer. And then when we would treat these materials, and if the material that we made it out of was not of the quality it should have been, then it would compromise the integrity of the piece that we made after we heat-treated it. And so we were at the kind of at the beck and call of the material being what it needed to be. Do you know that the Bible says right here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're His workmanship. It's actually the, the thought of um, being created, almost like, the, like God creating the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. He brought out of nothing something, and he, he made that. And so when Christ Jesus redeemed us, when God did that work in us, it was just what it says in Second Corinthians, that we are a new creation. That God did not take the old and re. Reshaped this muddled mess. He brought new there, something that was not there before. He put there new. Now I understand that my flesh looks just like it did, maybe even worse than when I was before I was saved. Um, Christy and I are uh, just loving watching each other grow older. We are. We, 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 we joke around a lot of times about that and just look. And it's like, oh, look, another gray hair. Look at there. Look, look. She even calls me. She said, come, honey, another granny hair. You know? And uh, got to do something about this, right? You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My body is not redeemed yet. As a matter of fact, He's not even going to take this and fix it. I'm going to get a new one. Amen. Amen? But while I'm here on this earth, right now, and if you're a Christian while you're here on this earth, guess what? God has already done a work. I want to talk to you a little bit about that work this morning because as a church family, we're, we're now getting into the application part of things. We've talked a long time now about a lot of things, and now it's time to take these things and put them into practice. And so this is where we're making that transition. We're starting that process today. And so I want to talk to you, as I said this morning, about God's good plan. His good plan is is restricted to His people. Listen, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Do you hear that? That if you're saved today, you're a part of God's people. We are His workmanship, His creation, His forming and fashioning of stuff that He provides Not that we provide. And this is is stuff that is so good. I'm going to upset some folks this morning. I say upset, I'm I'm, going to challenge some folks this morning to some thinking. But when we dive in, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 once again. I want to slowly walk down through here, just letting you hear the text one more time. I often find that even when it comes to the music, and I'm very thankful that they paused for a moment and had us repeat that chorus just a little bit. Because I find that in my own life, sometimes I need to hear something again, and again, to break away the, the, the hold of the world. I don't know about y'all, but it's kind of thick out there, ain't it? And I ain't talking about the humidity. There's a lot of things out there that are buying for your time, for your, your thoughts, It's all designed, everything that is not beautiful and lovely in the presence of God, every bit of it is designed to destroy you, to steal away from your life. That's why you have to guard your mind and your hearts. And So listen again to what it says. And you, he made alive. Us, he made, if you're saved today, he made you alive who were dead in your trespasses and sin." in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, which now works in the sons of disobedience. In other words, there was a former time when we walked like this, but now God in His rich mercy, He is causing us to walk a different direction, a different way for a different purpose, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we're by nature children of wrath just as the others and if you're a child of God today don't forget the others cuz by his grace you were called out of that and they're still there i heard vody balkum say that when he came to faith in Christ and if i remember the date it was either 86 or 87. I think it was 1987. It was September the 13th on a Friday. I called, I was like, he got saved on Friday the 13th. But the fellow that led him to the Lord walked into the locker room where he led him to the Lord. And he was sitting there on a the bench weeping. And the guy come over and he said, what's wrong? He said, I'm weeping because of my cousin, Jamal. He's lost. He said, man, it's no problem. Let's go sh- we can go share the gospel with him. He said, Jamal was shot six months ago. Don't forget the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loves, loved us even when we were dead in trespasses listen, made us alive together with Christ By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I've said the question, and I've heard the question before. I can't fathom why God would save me. You ever thought that before? I was, we were listening to a song or something being said this morning on the way over, and that question came up, and I told Christy, I said, I, now, I know the answer to that question. I know why he did it, for his glory. That's why he did it end of subject. No further notes needed. He did it for His glory. Then He says, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So His people in God's plan is restricted to His people and His people are created in Christ Jesus. It's Christ. Did you know that His people are also created for service? We're created in Christ, but we were not created for no reason. We were not recreated for no reason. We are created for service. Um, Ephesians 2.10 once again, for we are His workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for, what does the Scripture say? For good works. Now, every Christian, I believe, has a responsibility to carry out God's works unless He left you out of that part. Because it seems to be a blanket statement. That everybody that's in Christ Jesus was created in Christ for good works. And God has this plan. And we'll talk about that plan a little more in a minute. It's one reason I'm saving some time for the, the second half of, of this. But, but listen, that God has this plan. He didn't consult you with the plan. He didn't even consult you about how you were supposed to be made. He didn't consult you about where you were supposed to be born, what color your skin was supposed to be, or anything else. Contrary to what people want to believe today, God also did not consult you as to what gender you are. I heard a uh, little story. I was telling Christy about this one that this lady wanted to make sure that her daughter had the choice of deciding whether she would be a boy or a girl. So one day, she would let the daughter play with trucks. And the the next day, she would let the daughter play with dresses. And she continued that pattern for a long time. She'd come home one day, and the trucks had dresses on. (laughs) Just leave that one alone. God did not consult us about when we wanted to get saved, where we wanted to go to church, who we would impact. God has a sovereign plan. And we are the better. As a matter of fact, you and I are saved today because of God's sovereign plan. And it's a good plan. Amen? The plan I'm talking about today is a special plan just for His people. Did you know that God's plan was prepared before His creation? God's plan was prepared before His creation. I want you to listen to a couple of verses here. Listen again to verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared when? Beforehand. How far beforehand? Before everything that there is was. Everything that we know about and everything that we're trying to find out about before it ever was, God prepared the plan for you And for me, which is a good plan in Christ Jesus, so that we might carry out good works on this earth. And He did that before anything ever was. I wanna take you back to chapter one, Ephesians chapter one. I wanna read verses three through six to you. We've got time, let's just read one through six. That way we don't lose anything. How about that? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Did you understand that? Not only did Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, give us the words that we've already read, Paul also understood that he was a part of this good plan because he was in Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, "...Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will." to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. Did you see? He did not do that for any other reason but for His glory, His choosing through His will. Isn't it amazing? We think honestly that this world revolves around us. I mean, we can try to deny it all we want to. I think one of the most challenging things for anybody on the face of this planet is humility. And I'm just letting you in on things. You have no idea how much even a preacher fights trying to be humble. Not fights against it, but tries to fight to be humble. I can tell you right now that all it takes is some extra likes and some extra comments on some video from Sunday's service. And you have to constantly remind yourself that you're nothing and God's everything. Anytime somebody gives us a compliment, and I I, I think it's great for us to build each other up, but it's to edify each other in the truth of God's Word. And in the truth of God's Word, we know that when somebody edifies us, it's really, we go all praise to Him, right? But so often when we do that, you know, people say, preacher, that was a great message. So many things go through your mind as a pastor, You go, first off, you go, watch my back here, because normally when somebody pats you on the back with one hand, they're getting ready to stick you in the back with another. That doesn't mean that everybody does that, but you just, some folks will do that. Then you go through the whole thing of should I say thank you? Because did I do a good job? Or is this all to him? Those are hard things to think through. And see, I believe it's in those precious inner places that the reality of the Christian life is lived out its most. So much of it is seen on the exterior, but the greatest work, I believe, is done in those places. Don't miss verse 6 to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted and beloved. So did you know um, God's plan was prepared before His creation and His preparation brings Him the glory? Don't forget it. He does everything for His glory. I want to take you to why this is so important. You see, because when we go out when we start serving the Lord, th- to me, these are the foundational things that will make the difference because, you know, it, it matters not how much you and I can provide for other people and do for other people and even do for each other if we don't have the favor of God. There are many, 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 many ministries that do a lot of things. But the things that are being done, can they be done without God's participation for His glory? And so, I want to take you to a couple of songs that we have in the the faith. And I want you to I want you to catch a few words here. How many of you know the gospel song? Oh, what a Savior! You do. Listen to listen to this, he says. Once I was sinking. Oh no, no no no! I'm sorry. That's that's not that one. Um, it's um, trying to get the uh, yeah. And once I was sinking in sin's dark valley, no hope within could I see. And then the next line says, and they searched through heaven to find a savior. Now, I've watched many, many people rejoice in this song. Can I ask you a question? Who's they? They searched through heaven. Once I was straying through sin's dark valley. They searched through heaven to find a Savior. Was Jesus hiding? They had to go find him. I'm just thinking about the, the Bible. That's what I'm thinking about. Who searched for him? Did they get a committee together and run through heaven? It couldn't be the Father because the Father knows exactly where the Son is. Now, I'm not trying to make fun, I'm just trying to, I want y'all to hear my heart. And I'm going to tell you why this is important in just a moment. I'm serious. I have sit in the auditoriums with 10,000 people and they sing this song and they are through the roof. And don't get me wrong oh, what a Savior! He is a great Savior. But the only place in the Bible that I ever saw that they were searching and they got a hold of Jesus was when all of the creation was searching to find someone that had the authority over this earth to bring an end to it. There was no one worthy to be found to open the scroll. Then there was one that stood as a lamb as if it had been slain. And all authority and power belonged to Him. And He opened the scroll. But see, that ain't the scene about my salvation. They did not have to go hunt Jesus down to take care of my salvation. The reason that He's a great Savior is that He prepared it before the world was ever formed. God did not run across us one day and say, Oh, wow, look at these pitiful people. We must do something to help them. But see, that's the mentality that we have if we don't have a correct view of Scripture. I heard one gospel, so I can't qu- quote the lines of it per se, but, just, but I remember one that stood out for me. that When God saw that I was lost, He'd come up with a plan to send Jesus. Here's another one. Who am I? Y'all ever heard... Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray not my will but thine for? One of the lines in that says, If you'll be true, I'll give to you life forever. Really? So my salvation is held on me being true? No. I can't be true. He's the one that stays true. And don't hear me, t- you say, well, you're just trying to nitpick things, preacher. Do you know that Vance Havner said you need to worry less about the woodpeckers on the outside and more about the termites on the inside? That's why it's important that we make sure. Why? Because folks, we're playing with eternity. Eternity. If you, honestly, your salvation is hinged on the fact that you have done anything at all to save yourself, to keep yourself, then you don't have the salvation of Scripture. I hope I'm going to make it in one day, preacher. (laughs) Do you know, wouldn't that be sad to go around to share that gospel? Think about it. To go around and say, here's Jesus, He died for you, and and, and he, He paid for your sins, and you can have that as long as you can keep up your end of the bargain. But the Scriptures say that I couldn't keep my end of the bargain to start with. So His preparation brings Him glory. Period. His preparation brings us closer. That in God's plan, His preparation, it brings Him glory and it brings us closer. Him glory, us closer. In Matthew 16, 16, Peter answered when Jesus said, who do, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my heavenly father or my father in heaven. I read this little uh, short story of a, uh, a play that was being done, and an actor was asked by a preacher to recite the 23rd Psalm. And the actor said, I'll only do it if you let him do it also. So the actor did his part, and it was with eloquence. The diction was perfect, had all the inflections that it needed. And then the preacher gets up, old preacher. His voice is wore out from preaching the gospel all the years of his life that he's been saved. And as he recites the 23rd Psalm, the whole place is in tears. And somebody said, what was the difference? And the actor said, he said, I know the psalm but He knows the shepherd. (laughs) I'm telling you folks, God does this work for His glory and we get to be drawn close to Him because of the work that He's doing. Listen to verse 10, but I want to read to verse 13 this time. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's it. There's a lot of things that come through the Christian life, a lot of tough circumstances, a lot of mishaps and uncertainties there's a lot of things that come through the Christian life, but none of those have escaped his plan. He knew everything that would ever happen in your life. You say, I don't understand why I'm where I'm at. I could be serving God in a different way, or I could be doing something different than what's going on in my life right now. And I don't know if it'll ever change. He knew that too. He knew All of the things that you would endure. That's why those that persevere to the end will be saved. It's God doing the persevering. It's God doing the enduring. Anything we do that's good, it's God that's doing it. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's why everything that you need for every circumstance you have, God provides it. He's the one that gives it. That's why when you have something that is so sound, like it is well with my soul, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we're not in control. Sometimes we have to realize that God did not put you here for your good pleasures. He put you here so that He might do of what he wills and he chooses for his good pleasure. Think about the exchange that has taken place. I mean, honestly, you and I go free. And let me give you a little heads up on somewhere where we're going to get to. You know, there's only one race on the face of this earth, don't you? Not getting into it today, just want to drop this one out there. Since I read some texts that we'll get into, that God Himself separated one race into two people. He took Abraham and He said, Abraham, I want you to circumcise yourself and all these males and all that'll come. Covenant people. It, It was an outward thing, He didn't change their DNA. It was just an outward covenant thing. Then there's the Gentiles. There's covenant people and non-covenant people. We would say there's saved people and there's lost people. One DNA. One race. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? To some degree, how easily and how un- uh, unfortunately, how we get duped into things. African-American, that ain't a race. That's a nationality. <laughs> to quote Vodi Balcom again, he said, it's just amazing, isn't it? That only the black immigrants from Africa are the ones called African-American. He said, there are people of other color that come from Africa and come here, but they ain't called African-Americans. All I'm trying to tell you is, folks, it's best to stick with the Bible and not with rhetoric. All for His glory. Is your life lived today for His glory? Is He the commander-in-chief? Are you following His plan? I can promise you this, His plan will not fail. His plan will not fail. That you and I in His plan, have a purpose. We're going to look into all that stuff in in the weeks coming as it actually applies. How do we flesh it out? What do I do, preacher? What do we do? It's coming. So I want you to, to plan to prepare yourself for that. That God, if you want to seek and find out what God wants you to do in your life, I can promise you a couple of things. I'll promise you, number one, that it won't be for you to be puffed up. It will probably require you to be disheveled, to be shook off your foundation a little bit, to be uncomfortable. Anybody that's out here that's done some things for the Lord, you find a lot of times that God kind of shakes up the world a little bit. I think He does that on purpose. He wants you and He wants me to rely on Him. You know, He's worth leaning on. He is worth leaning on. He'll never fail you. God, God has been so good to us. I mean, I don't know, this is this closing is not prepared, so just share. He's been so good to us, folks. As a church body, as a, Just looking around in our community and stuff, He's been so good to us. And in our world, He's been very, very good to us. And He's not going to stop. Because see, He does not do it because of you. He does it because it brings glory to Him. Isn't that cool? I mean, just think about it. Isn't it cool to think? That you don't have to sweat that. That's why there's freedom in the Christian life. It doesn't mean that you don't live for Him. It doesn't mean that you don't, you know, uh, repent and things like that. But think of the freedom that it brings that I, I don't have to perform for Him to do this plan for me, I don't have to perform for God to, to love me or to provide for me. He chose to love me before I was ever born. Before I ever had a chance to do anything good, He, he chose to love me. Sometimes I feel like a stray dog. I'm like uh, wandering around down the road, you know, in the ditch just trying to find me something to eat. And this dude comes along, this millionaire, and he picks me up, takes me, buys me a dog bed, brings me in the house... Got a dog bowl and a, you know, water. Got me a collar. Got me a name tag on my collar. Yeah. He even takes me to the vet. Make sure I don't get worms and stuff. I mean, he takes care of me. Right? We don't like to think of ourselves like that, do we? Oh, preacher, why would you consider yourself a dog? I remember late in the Bible... She said, Master, even a dog's worth the crumbs that fall from your table. I'm thankful. I am so thankful that God gives us the privilege to live before Him. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins. And that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins. And I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us. And so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Mm -hmm. Amen. God bless you guys.